I'm just kidding. All right, we can dismiss the children if they want to go to class with Miss Stacy. Sixth grade and down can go. Take your Bibles, if you have them, to Philippians chapter number 3. If you don't, there is one in the pew you can use. Philippians chapter number 3, Philippians chapter 3. We are, we are pulling out of Romans today just to give you a themed message this morning, just about get, on, <coughs> get in the game. And uh, I appreciate the spirit this morning. Look, I'm not from, our, I'm not from Texas and uh, when we moved to Southeast Texas, you know, uh, we went to uh, we went to Bulldog games and we went to Port Natchez games, and and then I was instructed by people that uh, that lived here. They said, "Don't go to Port Natchez games. You're not allowed because you live in Nederland." And uh, well, I was afraid to cross the uh, afraid to cross the. Uh, the railroad track because of the stories I heard about black uh, wreaths being put on the church door and I said look I don't need none of that so uh, but anyway so we went to both games we've enjoyed the girls are uh, they like the bulldogs they like the Indians and please don't hate us for that all right uh, and uh, we do live in Nederland I live right across from the football stadium I'm a big football nut and uh, we go to all the games and who am I there cheering for I don't know we're just sitting to watch the game and uh, so I, I could, I, I mean, sure, I, I wore black and gold because I live in Nederland. And, uh, but it's all in fun and jest, and, and uh, I enjoy the, the rivalry. I enjoy it. Uh, uh, we've tried to get tickets to the Mid-County Madness game, and we've never been able to get tickets to it. Uh, my wife even stood in line at 3 a.m. one morning and, and still didn't get tickets for it last year. And, and uh, <laughs> you say... Why your wife? Because look, at that time, I still hadn't changed my driver's license over to Texas, so I couldn't prove that I was a Nederland resident. And so I said, go get in line. So anyway, <clears throat> I didn't go. Go get in line, all right? It was a, it was a discussion, all right? I didn't. All right. But, but uh, th this year, I'm hoping to get tickets, and uh, if I, I'm afraid to buy them after the market value, though. They're, uh, they get pretty expensive. But anyways, looking forward to that. But I thank you for participating in this day and uh, coming, to this, coming to our church. And we sure would uh, love to have you continue to come, uh, those of you that don't have a church home. Philippians chapter number 3, and we're going to read a couple verses of Scripture here. And uh, just out of custom of something that we do, we stand out of the reading of God's Word. So let's all stand, if you will, in Philippians chapter number 3. Philippians chapter number 3 and verse number 7. <clears throat> But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Verse 8, <clears throat> Yea, doubtless I count all things, but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may, that I may win Christ. And be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, that I might know him. You know, as you look at this and, and you read through the scripture, sometimes you don't take and notice different things. If you will notice the, the, the beginning of this verse, and that I may know him, comma, he stops for a second, that we might, that I might know him. Who's him? Who is him? That's Jesus Christ. In verse number eight, he talks about, who he is, someone who saved him in spite of him, someone who, who found him righteous in spite of his unrighteousness. 
Acts, this is what he's talking about. That I might know him that would save me in spite of me, in spite of who I am, in spite of what I've done. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, verse 11, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained. It, <clears throat> either, there, uh, either we're already perfect, but I follow after. But, or if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count my, not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. And, in, and if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even unto you. So Paul is giving us some instruction here. Paul is writing this epistle uh, from prison. He's sitting in jail for being a preacher. And he's writing this, this, this lesson or this, this text telling us that well, how we ought to live, how we ought to be. Uh, he uses analogies that are ball, uh, considering the sports and things to that nature. Because you see, or, or verse number 14, he said, I press toward the mark. He, he, he's mentioning a mark that you're pressing towards, something that you're running towards. He uses that uh, analogy in the book of Hebrews as well. But Paul is giving us something that we ought to grab a hold of this morning. We need to get in the game. Let's pray. God, I thank you. For every single person that is here this morning that took time out of their Sunday to come be with us. I pray, dear God, that you will use me in spite of me to say the words that you want me to say. Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't. Lord, I pray that you would guide my lips, guide my thoughts. And we love you, and in Jesus' strong name we pray. Amen, and thank you. you may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. As you see in this, this text, the Bible says in verse number 7, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost, I counted lost for Christ. Paul, I just give you a little brief, uh, brief introduction to Paul and what he was taking place and what he had done. Paul had accomplished a lot of things on the earthly side of things. He was, uh, he was considered to be a, a top uh, Pharisee or top, a top Christian in, in that time period. And, and not only had he done that, but also Paul was... Paul was in charge of, at the time, his, his name was Saul. Paul was in charge of taking, taking Christians off to jail. That's what his job was. He was either to kill them or to take them off to jail. And that's what his job pertained of. And he, so he had attained, he had, he had got, he had received, or he had, he had worked for a lot of things. But he says in verse number 7, so he's sitting in jail. Imagine this mindset, uh, sitting in jail, and he's sitting there. In verse number 7, he says, he says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost. He had gained a lot of things, but he lost them. When he decided to go for Christ, he decided that he decided to live for Jesus. That was the main thing in his life. He, he, took, he put away the old things that was in his life, the old life that he had. He even changed his name to Paul. He did a lot of things he gained, but he says, I'm putting those aside to work for Christ. He says, but in verse number 8, he says, Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for excellency of Christ. Go all the way down to the end of that verse. But do count them but dung, that I might, what? What does it say? That I may 
when Christ. He said, there were some things in my life that, that I had attained, that I had worked for, that I'd worked a long time for. And he said, I gained those things, but when I got saved or when I accepted Christ as my personal Savior, Acts chapter number 9, if you want to read the story of how Paul got saved. And, and he said, I count all of that, but done. What's done? It's poop. Waste. He said, everything that I ever attained, everything that I ever got, when I got saved, I count all of that, it's waste. Because only what is done for Christ will last. You can live your life all you want, okay? Do what you want, do what you will. But the only thing that's going to matter when this life ends is what you've done for Christ. You can be the biggest and the best. Hey, you talk to football stars that were football stars in their day. They're better today than what they really were. Their stories always grow, huh? You ever heard those stories? Well, when I was a kid, man, I... Uh, your stories grow. <clears throat> you had attained that. That's something that you got. But look, none of that counts. None of that even matters. Because at the end of the day, we're not pulling a U-Haul behind us when our hearse goes. Because only what's done for Christ is, is what will last. So look, look, this is, this is a game. You say, this game, look, football and basketball, and I enjoy those sports, and I'll watch them, and I'll watch them, and I'll get invested in them, and I'll go to games, and I'll, and I'll spend the money on tickets to go to those games just for fun, entertainment for my family. But none of that matters. This life that we are living is what matters. This is the game of life, and it is on right now. And you're a couple things. You're, you're one of three things. One, you're a spectator in the game. I like to be a spectator at ball games. How many guys like to go to ball games? No? Yes? Okay. You like to be a spectator. I don't care what sporting event. I, look, I'm, I'm so competitive, and I've said this before, but I, I, I'm so competitive. I see two ants running on the ground. I'll stomp on one and cheer for the other. I'm, that, I'm just, I don't know why, but I'm just ingrained to be that way, all right? But in my Christian life, it ought to be the same. As a Christian, I don't want just to be a spectator. But there's many people here, there's many Christians in this world that are happy just sitting and watching what takes place. They love to watch what takes place. They love to be, uh, just, just to go, I just want to go and watch. People, some people like Christianity, so, uh, so uh, you know, not want to be involved, not want to get, get off the stands. They like it so much, they just like to sit up there and watch it take place. And rather than, than to get involved. But you can be a spectator. You can. But you need to get in the game. You say, how do I get in the game? Well, I'm glad you asked. There's only one way to get in the game. Only one way. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 9, verse number 10, he says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The only way that you're going to get in the game is to get saved. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I can't get it. You can't get in the Christianity game if you don't get saved. 
I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care who your parents were. I don't care what church you belong to because ultimately the only thing that matters is whether you are born again or not. I don't care. Well, I don't, I don't know if I can get I don't know if I can get saved. I don't know I don't know that I can trust Christ. I don't know if I can do that or not. Christ is the only answer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So you can be a spectator. <coughs> but I encourage you, don't stay a spectator. Because Christianity is not a spectator sport. Then, number two, you can be on the sideline. You're a little bit closer to the game. You're a little bit closer. You're a little bit more involved. Paul says that I may win Christ. The most important thing, the most important thing when you go play a game is to win. I like to keep count. Look, uh, why play a game if you're not going to keep count? Why play a game if you're not going to keep score? It's pointless. Who's going to win? I don't know. Who cares, right? I care. Do you win? Do you play to win? Yes or no? Everything I play, I play to win. I don't play to lose. When you was cooking your gumbo, you don't, play to, you don't play to lose, do you? Have the worst gumbo on the plate, huh? <laughs> well, no, because now none of it gets eaten. No, I'm just kidding. Look, I'm just kidding. Don't. <laughs> but ultimately, do I? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. You guys won't eat my gumbo. All right. <laughs> but as a Christian, I don't want to stand on the sidelines. You can be on the sidelines. But as a Christian, as a Christian, we need to get in the game. You say, how can I be in the game? You can serve God. Well, how can I serve God? We have number, numerous things, innumerable amount of things that you can be involved in, amount, amount of things that you can do and go and be. There's ministries that go on here that you can be involved with. You say, well, how do I serve God? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look in the bulletin. There's the, in the bulletin, there's opportunities to serve. We have care ministry, we have visitation ministry, we have soul winning ministry, we have nursing homes that we go to, we have the, the music ministry, and many different items and opportunities for you to get involved. What are you involved with? Do you serve or are you just on the sidelines? I don't know about you, but when I was on the sidelines, that, I, it made me mad. When I was a bench warmer, it made me mad. I wanted to be in the game. I didn't care how many guys were sitting on the sideline, but I did not want to be on the sideline. I wanted to be in the game. And as a Christian, we should not want to be on the sidelines. We ought to want to be in the game serving, not, uh, not being a spectator, not being on the sidelines. <coughs> but then also, number three, and I'm done. We're going we're gonna to land this plane. We're going to go eat some gumbo. Only got one amen. You guys aren't hungry? All right. is the solution. He says that I might win Christ. The Bible says in that verse, in verse number 14, he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Every single person in this room, you need a mark. If you take a bow and arrow and you just shoot it off into the sky, not aiming at anything, will you hit anything? You might. It, well, it eventually it hit the ground. But it hit something. But you're sure not going to hit what you're aiming at. And as a Christian, you need a mark. And as an individual, you need a mark. If you don't have a mark, 
you'll never hit your goal. People that, people that lose weight, people that be involved in sports, people that, anything you have, you have a mark that you set. I want to do this. I want to get there. I want to hit this. And if you're, you as a Christian don't have a mark, you won't accomplish anything. You'll be more confused than a termite in a yo-yo. You will. You'll be spinning your wheels, not having any place to go, not having a mark to go, not having a mark to shoot for. Look, when I pick up a gun or when I pick up a bow and arrow, I shoot for a mark. I'm hitting for a mark. And as a Christian, I, I look, I, I'm not a spectator, and I don't want to be on the sidelines. I need to have the solution, and the solution is that I might win Christ, that I might attain. He said that I, uh, I press toward the mark. I want to hit the mark when I get to the end of my life. I want, to, I want to be able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and I've accomplished what I, what I set out to accomplish, and I did what I, what I set out to do. You have your whole life ahead of you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this. You have your whole life ahead of you. You can't change your past. You can't change where you was or who you were or what's happened back there, but the only thing you can change is going forward. We can complain and we can whine and we can let it affect who we are. Your past. But Paul says in this text, he says, forgetting those things which are behind. The only way that you'll go forward, the only way that we'll hit our mark is by forgetting those things which are behind. You say forgetting, yes, forgetting. There's some things that have happened. There are things that were taking place in your life that you need to forget. You say, oh, you'll never, yeah, you're right. You'll never be able to completely forget them but quit letting them affect where you head. Quit letting them affect where you are or who you are because you can allow that. There are many people that have, have a past, and it's ruined who they are, and they've never gotten over it. But there are people who have had the exact same past, and, and they've conquered it, and they've went forward. Every person in here, you're from a different walk of life. You have a different past. You were raised different. You were, I don't know, everybody's different. <coughs> but you can't change your past. But you can change your future. Do you have a mark? Are you on the sidelines? Are you a spectator? If you're a spectator, you better get it right today. I'm on it. First John chapter 5, verse 13, he says this. He says, these things that are written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. If you're sitting there this morning and you say, I don't know, I'm going to heaven. Then you're a spectator. Do not leave this service today unsure whether you'd go to heaven or not. Do not. You better make sure. Dear Lord, I thank you.